there's this little icon on my iPad, and it looks like a legal pad, and, and uh, I've always been a legal pad person. Uh, give me a piece of yellow paper with lines on it and a pencil, and I, that's where I do a lot of my work. And so now I've got the, the iPad, They're, they have a legal pad, so I, I just go on that. And so I started making a list of the things I'm grateful for and, and uh, how much that God really has done for me. And, and uh, that, that just, you know, truth is, is it didn't take a whole lot of reflection when the list just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. So when, when I say I fill in the blank, I, you know, there's so much. How about my life? Yeah. When I say I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for the, uh, the different life that he gave me. And, and it has been different in every stretch, every aspect of, of life. And so I know that's kind of general, but I don't think you want me to go through the whole list. Okay? <laughs> it's good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm so glad that you're here. And uh, uh, it's, uh, it, it's good to see folks, young, young people, home from, from college and visiting and uh, uh, you know, it's, 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 that's part of the family, isn't it? It's like if you, uh, if you, uh, during the holidays, even at your home, uh, family gathers, right? Special occasions, the family comes home, people gather, and, and the church is no different in that regard. We come together, and, uh, and on occasion, folks come home, right? And uh, they're, part of the, they're part of the family, they're part of the community. Um, Surprised by gratitude. A couple of stories. Can I start with a couple of stories? A couple of guys found themselves, they were working for a farmer. They found themselves in the middle of a field, and there was a bull there. And, and the bull got after them, as, as we would say down in, in southern Ohio. He got after them. And, uh, and they were running, and they were losing you know, every, 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 every 10 yards they were losing three, you know. And so they weren't anywhere near the, near the fence and they were heading for the fence, and the one says, look, you got to do something. He's hollering. At, they're back and forth hollering. you got to do something, pray or something. I know. He says, well, I only know one prayer. And, you know, the, the bull is gaining on them, and he's getting, they're, getting, they're still pretty far from the fence. He says, uh, uh, well, then pray that prayer. He says, well, Father, for that which we're about to receive, let us be thankful. <laughs> let us be truly thankful. It wasn't quite the prayer he had in mind. Huh? <laughs> Um, uh, another little story. It's another little story. A little boy and his mom were in a, in a, in a, at a fruit stand, and she was shopping. And the little boy was there, and and uh, and the the kindly grocer he took an orange and gave it to the little boy. I, he's probably about four. And mom, of course, says, uh, "Son, uh, what do you what what do you say to the nice man?" And the little boy looked up, handed the orange back, and says, "Peel it." We live in that age today, right? We live in that age today where, where uh, gratitude is not something that, that we can take for granted. Uh, and uh, as, as, as I look at the scripture, there are a lot of things that, that surprise us. Ingratitude surprises us. And, uh, and, and each and every one of us have, has had experiences, at least I hope we have, uh, if, you, if you've been out there and you've been helping people and, that, and you're, you're in, the, in the normal daily course of living in life, uh, you come across needs that you can meet, right? And as a believer, you're, you're, you're taught to help people, help each other, right? You know? uh, 
you, you, you treat other people in the way that you would like to be treated. Isn't that kind of like one of our standards? Yeah. And so uh, sometimes people come up and they're in need, and so every once in a while you're surprised when, I don't know, maybe you feel bad that you thought that they should say thank you, but they, they didn't. Anyway, well, we, we have those experiences. Now, most, most of us are not like the little boy that just says, well, you know, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I'm not even, I deserve the orange, now would you peel it too, please? We're not like that, but we're a little bit like the people uh, sometimes in, in the next story that I'm about to read. Luke 17, okay? Luke, the 17th chapter, I like this passage of Scripture, and I'm always, I'm always wondering, you know, it's like when I read the Scripture, sometimes it's like just one pericope after another, one little story after another that's just kind of dropped in there seemingly, but we have to understand that, that everything that's included in Scripture, uh, 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 and we don't really have to go to 2 Timothy 3.16 to figure this out, but everything that's included in Scripture uh, is for our benefit. There's something that we can learn, something that will draw us a little closer, something that will, in a sense, chisel some uh, edge off of us that will make us more like Christ. If we're listening, if we're paying attention, it's not allegorical, it's just true. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay. All right. Luke, the 17th chapter, verses 11. While he, Jesus, was on his way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Okay? As they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet, at Jesus' feet, giving thanks to him, and he, was, and he was a Samaritan, okay? Then Jesus answered and said, were, not, were there not ten who were cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was, uh, was, no, one found, was, was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, stand up and go, your faith has made you well. Interesting passage of Scripture. Interesting passage of Scripture. Now, for those who don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll share what some of, the, some of the interesting details about some of the dynamics that, that took place here. They, they were lepers, okay? Ten lepers. And it, it evidently was a mixed group. Some of them were uh, Jews. Some of them were non-Jews. I mean, I think the context tells us that. But interestingly enough, and as, as I've said, said to others, birds of a feather flock together. Blah. Birds of a feather flock together. In other words, uh, and, and as, I, as I kind of un, unveil this, you'll understand why they were together. Um, if you look at the book of Leviticus, uh, and I'm, I'm not asking you to go there now, but in the 14th chapter, it talks about lepers. Now, leprosy is a, is a horrific disease. It's like, you know, a flesh-eating something. It just takes your life away, you know? I mean, one digit at a time, seriously. 
Uh, it just takes, it, 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 it eats your flesh. And, and, this, and evidently it was quite common in this land at one time. It was a common disease. And so the book of Leviticus, as, as God is revealing to, to Moses and all the people of Israel how to deal with uh, various circumstances and conditions, leprosy was one of them. Leprosy was, not, was something that if they got it, they never got over it without some kind of a miracle. In fact, there was one, I believe he was a, 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 a leader from a different country that was brought and was healed. And he dipped, uh, he dipped in the Jordan and uh, he was healed. And he wasn't even a Jewish man. And Jesus used this, this, uh, this event as, uh, as, as a training tool for those who, those who thought they should get everything because they were Jewish but what he was trying to tell them was that God, 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 God moves where faith is. Okay, God re- responds to people where there's faith and where there's power. Well, that's another story altogether. But here we have ten people who, ten men who had leprosy. Now, the interesting thing about leprosy was that if you had it and it was confirmed that you had it then you had to leave your home and your family and you had to live outside the city. Outside, away from other people so that you wouldn't affect them. In fact, it was so serious. I mean, this is like, okay, have you ever had, I mean, there are people today who have, uh, who have for whatever reason, you know, a past lifestyle or something that, you know, a mistake or someone deluded them and stuff, they have, they have some type of a, of a disease or herpes or something like that. Well, and most of the time, you, people don't walk around with a sign on them that says, look, you know, uh, don't, don't have a, a relationship with me because I have this disease that I can't get rid of. Well, I mean, so, so people live among us and as it should be. But in that case, leprosy was something that people had to reveal. If they had leprosy, they had, if somebody was coming toward them, they had to, to <laughs> interesting, Here is a, they had to say, unclean, unclean. Think about that. They lost their job. They lost their family. They couldn't associate with people who did not have leprosy. That's why the Jews and the Gentiles were, hey, look, we're in the same boat. Let's pool our resources. We're going to live together. Now, uh, this, was, this is an incredible disease. Think about it. It's the kind of disease that slowly eats you, eats, eats you away, eats, eats your body parts away. And, and, but it's slow. But in the meantime, you move out of the house. If you had a wife, if you had a kid, if you had a husband, you no longer have any contact. You can't touch your baby anymore. You can't be within range. It's kind of like the woman with the issue of blood. Unclean. You can't be in mixed company. You can't go to the Christmas party at the church. You might be allowed to stand out there and listen through the window, but you can't go and have close contact with people. It was, in some respects, it was worse than death. It it was worse than a death sentence. Okay? This was the condition of these men. They were sick. They were unclean. They had lost uh, contact with, because of, of, of the disease, with their family, their friends. The only friends that they could have contact with were other lepers. Now, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I, I read and I, I hear about hell, but this was kind of a hell on, hell on earth. Okay? Separated from everything and everyone and every, uh, everyone that you that you loved and cared about. Okay, 
Now, in Leviticus, the 14th chapter, it tells us that, that, if they came, uh, that, that if a person thought they had leprosy, they had to show themselves to the priest, and there was this whole kind of like step-by-step process to determine whether you had leprosy or whether you were clean. Now, the, the priest had the capacity, the, the, the Levitical priest had the capacity to, to not to heal you, but to proclaim you clean. Okay? Now, so, uh, here we go. Here's the story. And, and, and what do we see? We see the prayers of these men. They obviously knew who Jesus was. They said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. What, what was, were they talking about? Well, I mean, it's like, were they talking about, um, you know, well, we've got this, I've got this boo-boo on my toe, have mercy on me. I've got this, I've got this situation with my finances, have mercy on me. No! The turkey on the table, as I'm fond of saying, was the leprosy. Nothing else mattered. Everything else, everything else depended upon uh, 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 this, this, was, this was their life. And so when they were crying, it, you know, it's funny. You, you might say, well, uh, sometimes people get hung up with, how should I pray? Do I have to get the words right? No, God sees the heart. The, and he knew exactly what these people needed when they cried out to him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, interesting thing um, and again, those people who are all tied up with, with getting the words exact wouldn't like this either because he said, he didn't say, okay, come here, let me anoint you with oil and heal you. Or he didn't, and he didn't say, be healed uh, in my own name. Be he, he didn't say any of those things. He said, go show yourself to the priest. <laughs> what does that mean? Okay? Interestingly enough, see, they knew. And it says they took off. And on the way, they were healed. Now, here's, here's an interesting element, and this, this has uh, other, many other dimensions of, of, of your training, okay? This is, an, this is a teaching element of faith, okay? When they, when they were obedient to what he told them. Now, first of all, most of us are saying, okay, I'm not seeing healing here. I'm, you know, you pray for somebody, I'm not seeing healing. I mean, I'm looking for this. Now, it still hurts. Yeah? Oh, I didn't get healed. Okay? But what happened here? He says, go show yourself the priest. And they took off. And as they were going, could I say, as they were being obedient to God, they found healing. They found that they were being healed. Now, we see this kind, this has got to be a part of your understanding about faith in God's word to you. No matter where, no matter in, in what, what set of circumstances, there is always going to be obedience before the response. I, I've, I've shared with you in the past, uh, on both instances, when the water rolled back in the Jordan only when they stepped their feet in. Training. When, God's, when, when you're praying for some kind of a breakthrough in your life, and he's saying, look, just go forward. The wrong thing to do is to wait and see whether or not something right's going to happen. The, the right answer is to walk forward or move forward in faith. Because he said, your faith has made you whole. Now, can you see that there are many applications to this in your life and in the life of faith? That God says something, you do it. You don't wait and say, well, well, you know, the circumstances just don't quite line up. God, 
change the circumstances so that then I can believe that you're going to do what I've asked you to do. No. The circumstances are going to be the whirling black skies of hell. And that's what it's going to look like. But you're going to step out and say, I believe. I believe. You know, it uh, reminds me, I see, I see Meredith sitting here. Baby in the, yeah, sorry. I do this. <laughs> Forgive me. And, she's, and she reminds me of a, of a situation that I had. And I was sharing this last night with some, some friends. And it, I was in a swamp. I was a chaplain. I was a Navy chaplain. I was working with Marines at the time. We were in a swamp. And we were, it was an exercise. Nobody wasn't real, no one was shooting at us or anything like that. But it was kind of muggy and nasty. And, and I had a little chapel tent. And, and I had, you know, of course, I knew the people in my, in my group. And uh, I had a, had, a, had a couple that came to me. They were married. He was a, I think he was a master sergeant. She was a staff sergeant. She was in the Marine Corps band. This happened to be a part of our group. But the Marine Corps band, when they were in the field, they had, they had perimeter guard. See, they just don't give them a tuba and say, go. They also have an M16, okay? <laughs> and, they, and they have a responsibility. So she's out there, and, and he's, he's, he's in intelligence. He's in the G2 tent, and so he's doing this stuff, and they come to me and say, chaplain, we met in Japan and we're married. Well, in Japan, it's a little, getting married is like, you know, getting your driver's license, okay? It's like it, there's nothing religious about it. And so that's how they were married, and, and in the interim, though, they had, given their, they had given their hearts to Christ and had grown in faith, okay? And they were attending the chapel. And they said, we've never really been married. Never, I mean, never, we've never had that kind of a thing. And, I, and they said, will you do it right here? I'm thinking, well, I don't have my books with me, but I've done weddings so many times. Let me write. I sat down and wrote them out, wrote out the... And we had a wedding between services one Sunday morning in the swamp, and, and we got, you got you know, all these Marines marched in the church, and they have their M16s and stuff. And, and they, give them, they throw the arch up with the M16s, and we have a real Humvee, not just a, a real Humvee. And it's got uh, engineer tape and big old cans from the mess tent, you know. And, and we had a chocolate cake from the mess. And the skipper said to them, hey, you can have my tent. They, they bowed out of that one. Uh, and, but... but Here's the, here's the cool thing. They had done this in a sense. They wanted to honor God in their own way. I'm not even sure they said those words. In other words, we have grown in faith, and we think this is important. Now, here's the cool thing, and this is kind of, it's kind of a long story. When they took that step, they were being kind of, God's, God was speaking to their heart. You know, sometimes we don't always say, well, God spoke to me. We just feel that this is right. God is moving. And so they were honoring God. Now, they came to me later, about a month and a half later. They said, you wouldn't believe what happened, chaplain. I said, what happened? He said, we had never been able to get pregnant. (laughs) Guess what? Now, we know that, that God honors those who honor him. Yeah, I didn't have to connect those dots. They got it. They began to honor God, and they stepped out in faith. Now, not necessarily looking for a child. But God honored them. See? When we do that, when, when, he, when we step out, even though you could have, they could have simply said, oh, hey, wait, we don't have to do this. We're really married. I've, we got the paper to prove it. But God was prompting them. How many times has God prompted you and, and you're, you're thinking, well, you know, I don't make, that doesn't make sense. Things are, let God lead you. 
You don't know what's behind door number two. God has something for you. Amen? All right. Just, that's just kind of a little off the... All, it, it's connected, but that's the lesson in faith. When he speaks, walk in obedience to him, and then he will roll back the waves. Okay? When, when they stepped out in obedience to, to Christ, they were healed. They weren't healed at his word. They were healed when they obeyed his word. Does that make sense? Now, I mean, there's a, there's a sermon there. They were healed when they obeyed his word. And so one guy comes back, okay? One guy comes back, okay? The obedience of the man. Now, we've got a lesson in consistency. Now, why did Jesus say, go, go, to the, uh, go, go show yourself the priest? Because Leviticus 14, 2 tells them that if you've got, if, you're, if you feel like you've been healed, you've got to go represent yourself to the priest. Here's Jesus who says that I have not come to, to do away with the word, but to fulfill it. He, you see, he was working in union with, 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 with even these, these ancient texts. Okay? Just a, just a side lesson there. Okay? Lesson, face, and action. Now, here's the lesson in gratitude. One guy comes back. He realizes he's healed. He begins to shout. <laughs> he begins to glorify God. And he falls on his, on his nose at the feet of Jesus. Okay, I'm not sure it says it that way. But he falls before Jesus as worshiping him. Yeah? And Jesus' response is, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Okay? Now, here's an interesting thing. Jesus said, well, the other disciples were around and says, were, the, were not ten people healed? Where are the other nine? Okay? There's, some, there's some stuff in there for us, okay? and I'll get to that. One of the things that I would say to you is that gratitude sets up the possibility of more encounters with God. I want you to hear that. A grateful man or a grateful woman that opens the door for more encounters with God. Okay? I mean, this is the last we hear of all, any of these people. But think about this. Had ten people there, and, they, and, and, and they, they were healed, and they went away. The one came back and had another encounter with Jesus. Now, we don't know about, about, about the future or what, what happened. What, what is written is, is written, and this is all that we have. But could I, could I say that, uh, and, and I look at the passages of Scripture, the New Testament, it says, with, with, with thanksgiving, make your supplications known to God. I believe that's a Philippians passage. How many of us respond well to, to, to grateful people? How many of us are a little bit like Jesus when, when, when he did these things for these men, or for these men, these lepers, and they didn't turn around? At least there was some expectation on his part that maybe they should be grateful. He says, where are the other nine? Ten were healed. Where are the other nine? Okay. Now, what is this passage? As I look at this passage, I'm, I'm, I'm doing some shifts here. What's it say about God? I, every time I look at the passage, a passage of Scripture, and I, and I lay it out before us, and, I, and I, it, as, a, as a pastor, I say, what's in this about God? What does this tell us about God? This passage of Scripture, these few verses that I've read. Number one, that he responds to our cries for mercy. Okay? Can you believe that? 
Can you trust that? That when you cry out, and, and this is not the only place, the Scripture says, His ears are open to those who call upon Him. Okay? He says that. He says that. But we see here that He responds. That not only does He hear, but He responds to our cries of mercy. And the next thing that we, that we learn from the Scripture, that He's not only willing, but He's able to heal us. He's able, and not only is he willing, now, and most people get hung up on that, because they look at their own worthlessness and somehow tie the whole idea together with their worth. The truth is, everything God gives you, everything God gives me, is a gift. You didn't earn it. I didn't earn it. Don't even try. I'm not saying not, not, not to walk in obedience, but remember, it's not about how good you can be. It's really about His mercy and His love. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. These are the things that we learn about God here. Maybe you already knew these, but maybe you needed to hear them again today. Because we have a tendency to backslide and think that we're still working our way into, into God's graces and into, into His love. Jesus bought that. It's already done. We've sung that song this morning. He paid the debt, right? My debt is paid. It's, it certainly is. It is. And you and I can't add to that. He responds to our cries of mercy. He's able and willing to heal us with his word. And he notices when we don't respond in gratitude. <laughs> Some husbands are like this. Well, I shouldn't have to say it. She knows I love her. <laughs> Somehow, she notices when you don't say it. God notices when we're ungrateful. Or then when we don't, we don't express our gratitude for everything that he does for us. Yeah? I know we live in a world of, of, of what, you know, what is God doing for me today? We live in that world. You know, we want him, not only do, do we want, not only do we expect the orange, we expect him to peel it. Without a word, right? That's, the, that's kind of the world we live in. We know that that's wrong. Could I say to you and to me that we need to take an inventory of what God has done for us? I mean, my inventory, just in a few minutes, just began to run off the bottom of the page. And I wasn't being trite. He's given me life. He's given me a wonderful wife. He's, let me back up and say, he, gave, he changed my life through salvation, through Jesus. Everything changed. He took away my sin. He filled me with his Holy Spirit. And he keeps wrestling with me and when, I'm, when I'm being disobedient and, and he still loves me. I, I can be thankful for that. That the door doesn't close, even though some preacher might have said it's closed. He said, my love is everlasting. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Huh? Not my intention to dangle anybody over the fire. But to, but to let you know that his love endures. It never fails. It endures. To respond to him in that way. He notices when we don't respond to him with gratitude. How about us? What does it teach us? What does this passage teach us about? Teach us about us. That gratitude is our choice. I think it has to be taught. 
and learned. I know as I was thinking, as preparing, I was thinking about this sermon this morning. As a child, we often take a whole lot of things for granted. And our parents don't want us to worry about stuff. But we really don't know. As children, we don't really know the price. The price that was paid for all that's given to us. Parents work. I wouldn't say they slave, but they work. And they put in hours and sacrifice and make sure, I mean, you know, every day there's breakfast on the table. There's a warm house to sleep in. There's beds. There's sheets. They're clean. Your clothes are clean when you go to the, you know. You know, I could just go on and on and on and on. And as children, we simply just take that for granted. But, but each and every one of those gifts came with a price of time and energy. Every one of them. Gratitude is both taught and learned. One of the, one of the things I think about when I, when I think of, of this, and, and you might say this connection with God, and how that a grateful person, oftentimes when they're grateful to God, that sets up a, relationship, a better relationship with God, and it sets up more encounters with God, and that's a better thing. It's a better thing. All right. What else does it teach us about us? that gratitude brings us closer to Jesus. Of the ten people that were healed of leprosy, who, who, who got closer to Jesus? The one who responded with gratitude, right? Okay. Is that a lesson we can learn? Yeah. Folks, you know, I mean, you, you might say, well, we'll talk. Use the lips and the heart and the things that God's given you. You don't have to feel it. You just have to do it. Right? God, thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for, for continuing to strive with me through this thing that I was struggling with in, in terms of my obedience to you. Thank you for not just turning me out. I mean, you know, most people, like when, when, the, when, when I've told them, I've told them, I've told them, I, you know, I, I have a tendency to write them off. God doesn't do that, you know? You know anybody with me on that? All right, what else? It brings us, it, gratitude is our choice. It brings us closer to Jesus. And gratitude is a building block for relationships, for great relationships. And a grateful person is one who better understands the value of the gift given. Yeah? Surprised by ingratitude. I would love for you to take, take, take a moment today or tomorrow, a moment and... Take an inventory, an honest, you mean basement deep inventory. If I say a basement deep inventory of what God, what 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 has been given to you, you know, that you didn't earn, what's been given to you, what has been, what you've been blessed with, whether it's whether it's health and strength and life, relationships, you know, things just kind of came together when you prayed. A set of circumstances that had you on the ropes. But you prayed. God saw you through it. He made it work. (laughs) Reminds me of a little boy that was acting up and his 
Father tucked him under his arm and was on his way out. And he yelled back over his shoulder, somebody pray. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen today. But <laughs> Are you grateful? Tell God. Yeah? You know, it just opens up so many doors. Not only in, I mean, we could, we could teach this secularly and say, be grateful to the people around you who give you your parents to that. The Bible tells us that, though, doesn't it? Honor your father and mother so that your days will be long on the earth. They're the people who kind of like children. They're the ones who, who you know, they, they may be in your way, but sometimes what they're doing is blocking, blocking, blocking the dark alley that you think, that, that you think is so sunny. Okay? They're blocking and keeping and protecting you. Okay? You just don't know it. Sustaining, giving you life. The D2s, the Xboxes, all those things that you don't take, that you kind of take for granted. Someone had to work maybe a week, half a week behind a desk or in front of a machine so you could sit and play. Be grateful. Be grateful. Amen? Amen. God, is, God is good to us. You know, we're in this journey. We're in this journey. I thought I'd wait. We're in this journey together. And what you've, what you've acquired right now, what God has done for you right now, it's just, it's just part of it. He's got more in store. Be thankful. Tell him thank you. Thank you for what I have. Now, I, you may be in a situation this morning where it's hard to see beyond the, the curtain of, 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 of a situation that's painful. I want you to know that God's there. He's with you. You may not feel him. You may not know that he's He is there. The scripture says he is closer than a brother. He's, he's, all you have to do is talk to him. Put your trust in him. He will lead and guide you through that dark place. I believe that with all my heart. And you can thank him. You can thank him that you're not alone in that dark place, even though you think you are. It feels like it. You're not alone. And, and, you're not, and it's not just somebody with you that's just like you. It's the one who is with you can make all the difference and change the world. Amen? This altar is open for anyone who wants to pray. But I would ask you, I mean, I guess the, the two things that I would ask you to do this morning is, is, is do an inventory on what, how, how good God has been to you, what he's done for you, and, and, and make it a point to say thank you for everything. See if that doesn't draw you closer to him. See if that does not move you in ways toward him, as it did this man that we read about today. Let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord.